You're listening to the Social Selling Simplified Podcast. Stick around if you too are obsessed with learning things that actually work and believe that success leaves clues. We're all about identifying results-producing roadmaps and getting super clear on how to scale and grow your online business. From part-timer to president, social selling expert Ashley Shaw will help you connect the dots and take the guesswork out of what works to grow a social selling empire. It's time to hear from social selling legends, listen in on truthful conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks to reduce the marketing overwhelm so you can build the social selling business of your dreams. If you're ready to go all in, no holding back, and build the business you've always wanted, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, social selling guru, and fitness industry OG, Ashley Shaw. Welcome to Social Selling Simplified. I'm your host, Ashley Shaw, and we're going to be getting into, for those who hate selling shit, that's what this episode is going to be all about. And it's actually perfect timing because I just got off a call uh, with one of my really good friends, Bria Gad, and she is a not only a uh, coach in the health and wellness space, but Bria and I have actually worked together for probably the last five years on various things and as friends and also as I've done some leadership events for her teams and I've learned a ton from her. And so we've always had this like great connection and dialogue, you know, around talking about development, what's working on social and kind of reframing things in your mind in a bit of a bit of a different way. You know, sometimes we have for me anyway, I have this digestion process where when I teach something or when I talk through something, there's like new aha moments and new kind of like neurons that start to fire. And so one of those things that came up that uh, Brie and I have been talking about is the fact that social media is so much more saturated than it's ever been. And, you know, if you go back like eight or 10 years, like you could post something and it would really stand out and you get a ton of engagement and it was just a totally different playing field than things are now. There's so many more people, not only on social media, but like, obviously, and maybe this isn't obvious to everyone, but um, just with somebody that spends money on advertising, the goal of any social media platform is to bring in ad dollars. So what that means is that you've got to put out really, really, really good content. And sometimes even that's not enough for people to see what you're posting. The easiest way is obviously to pay to play. When you put money and ad spend behind a post or a reel or a video or whatever it may be, that is the surefire way to get people to see it without trying to like figure out, you know, oh, what hashtags do I have to use? And how do I get this to go viral? And like always be working on that. I just feel like, you know, going that route is just, I don't know, to me, it's not a good use of time. That's not really, you know, when I know like I can pay, like you can even pay like $5 a day to boost a post and get more people to see it. Like, it's just not worth all those hours. Like, is your time worth that $5 a day to try to hack it out and figure it out? Probably not, right? With that in mind, you know, the one thing that uh, we got talking about is this idea that there are other things that you can do besides just talking about what you sell in your posts. And unfortunately, a lot of us get trapped 
in that thinking that like, okay, social media is to sell. And it's probably no wonder that if you're somebody that already like doesn't really know how to sell, what you've seen is always icky, you're going to hate it to begin with, right? And the kind of the interesting thing is when you start to understand the customer value journey, you can start to see there are actually different variables that you can play with to get more people to eventually buy from you. So there's kind of three steps at the beginning of the customer value journey that we talk about. The first one is awareness. So this is like how many people are actually becoming aware of you. And this is where Facebook ads can be really helpful, of course, is getting in front of new eyeballs. You know, some coaches and reps uh, or business owners are really successful in the beginning because no one has seen their their offering or their product or whatever. But then all of a sudden it starts to fall on deaf ears because now you've gone through your warm audience and there's no one new seeing what you have to offer. The next stage after somebody becomes aware of you is of course they engage with you. That could be, you know, liking your post, leaving a comment, you know, that sort of thing. And then you move them to subscribe to get them on an email list and there are various steps after that. I want to focus on for a sec is awareness because if you don't have this tied down and locked up tight, you're always going to feel like you're selling because you are like you're saturating the pool of people that, you know, it's like think of it as an aquarium with only a certain amount of water and there's only a certain amount of fish in there. And you're just constantly like trying to say the same thing over and over and over again in different ways. Whereas when you open up the pool, meaning like you get into a bigger pond, there's more fish, you're not going to be repeating the same message to the same people over and over and over again. So this is where the awareness phase is super duper important. I want to talk about some of the ways that you can increase awareness around what you have to offer. This is the top of your funnel. This is where you actually get new eyeballs. Here are the different ways that you can do that. The first idea is that you can start a podcast. So a podcast, the cool thing about a podcast is that I am literally actually recording this podcast on my phone under the voice recording app. I have used many different microphones and Zoom and all these different, you know, not that Zoom's fancy, but fancy things. And I honestly find that my team prefers when I record on my phone. Uh, the quality is really good. And I have a, an iPhone 13 or whatever. Um, maybe the mic is just really good on this one. But I find that super helpful and super easy because I can create content at any, like no matter where I am, what I'm doing. So with a podcast, what you're doing, and you don't have to do, there's no rules for like once a week, you know, once a month or, or whatever. I do think being consistent is great though. Like I think it is important that once you start to build an audience, you definitely want them to be able to rely on the content that you're putting out. Uh, We're on episode, this is episode 137. I've been recording now for, whoa, dang, like over two years, I guess now, almost more than that. And it just becomes, uh, you know, like I really like podcasting for the fact that I can, like as I mentioned, do it anywhere. I can talk about different things that I'm hearing about and For our team, it's really after I record the audio component, they go through and they will edit it and brush it up a bit and then it gets posted. So really like there are some basic tech steps that are involved, but there's tons of people that, you know, if you want to hire out podcast editing, there's lots of great VAs out there that would do that. 
And I don't even know if it's necessary that you have to edit it or whatnot. You know, I think when you're first getting started, it's just about being consistent. You may not need to even do all those steps. And it's really cool because I think what part of it for me that it really helps with is that more people can find me because of how I've titled my podcast, Social Selling Simplified. And then what I also do is I end up putting the episode, it goes on my website, and then we do some show notes. So that's more advanced, like you don't have to do show notes, but it's just a little summary of what I'm going to be, you know, what I've talked about and what are the key things if someone is more of a, you know, kinesthetic or visual learner. And then that helps, you know, when someone's searching something like with SEO, that's going to be helpful in having those things on the website. Hey coach, I finally have something that I've been dreaming of providing for you. I know that you definitely didn't start this business because you really felt like pestering your friends and family and getting ghosted by everyone. Chasing people down or having to follow up with them is definitely hard work and it can feel so awkward and uncomfortable for everyone involved. But your upline probably told you that this is what successful people do. And they didn't mention to you that unless you're this superstar salesperson right off the bat, you're going to struggle forever if you keep doing it that old school way. 99% of coaches quit because they suddenly declare themselves this expert online and then go back and ask everyone who knew them to just start buying from them when they just started working out last week. And this problem applies to all network marketers, not just coaches. But the 1% that actually succeed have made it because they've caught on to a different system that's been proven to work. And it's just something that nobody really talks about. It's all about taking some simple steps to position yourself as an influencer first. So soon, instead of asking people to talk to you, you'll attract ideal customers who are already excited to learn from you and buy from you. They'll know exactly what you're about and how you can help them. Go to ashleyshaw.ca slash F your upline to learn more and see exactly what I'm talking about. You don't have to hunt people down and make them talk to you in order to get your bills paid for the rest of your life. Check out my short book called F what your upline said and get an entirely different approach that will feel much more organic and authentic. That's ashleyshaw.ca slash F your upline. I'm so excited for you to start implementing these four simple changes in your business and see how it absolutely transforms how you feel about your business and the results that you're able to get. If we go back for a second, talk about, okay, I want to start a podcast. I'm a very beginner. I would just say, get out your phone and start recording some different episodes. Doesn't have to be fancy. And then it's quite easy to upload it to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or or whatnot. And there you go, you have a podcast, (laughs) like no big deal. And it's a great way for people to, I think, binge you and learn more about your thoughts. And I think a podcast is sort of intimate in the sense it almost reminds me a little bit of Insta stories, because someone sort of does have to like come across you, but then they can kind of like see behind the scenes, they can listen to all your episodes. And you know, it's just a really great way for you to build relationships, people record it once, and then people can go back and listen to it. And it can be listened to over and over and over again. So it's like a big leverage activity. People can build relationships with you, they learn to trust you, and it becomes a good authority piece. And one of the things Bria said to me is like, it's just so great, because it's not like you have to feel like you're selling shit all the time. And that really just resonated with me is that 
you can actually lead people back to your podcast episode instead of being like, hey, go buy my shit. (laughs) It's like, here is an episode I think would be really helpful for you. And that's not to say you're not layering things into your podcast. You know, there's there might be an outro where you have you pitch a freebie you have or you pitch something that can be really helpful in driving people to where you want to drive them. But I do find that it's a you need something else other than just posting on social media. Like it's not enough to just post on social media and hope that that's going to solve all your uh, your revenue goals and things like that. We need to be able to provide more value for people than just that. And that can, you know, also the other thing you can have is a lead magnet, which I think is also a, you know, really solid way to build trust and rapport with people. It's just a bit of a different piece because it is, if you just have a lead magnet, it's like, how are you getting it in front of people? And, you know, the question or the answer to that would be, you know, usually you would have like an ad or something that is, built into your funnel in the beginning where people find you or whatever. So a lead magnet is super great and you can point people to it and talk about it on social media, but you will eventually get to a point that you're going to want to get it in front of more eyeballs. That's where a great Facebook ad can, when I say Facebook ad, I mean Instagram too, it can really serve as a good jumping off point for people to get a copy of it and then getting to know you through your email series and things like that. So that's another solid way is to have a really great lead magnet. Now, a lead magnet can be many things. It doesn't just have to be a PDF of a 14-day meal plan, let's say. It can be an audio training, which is essentially a podcast uh, episode or whatever, right? Like, or a longer one, like you can determine how you do that. It could be a video training, you know, it could be a Facebook group, you know, like, accountability group or something that you're running for the next seven days or or whatever. Those are a little bit more tricky if they do have a timeline, but those are all different ways that you can use a Facebook ad on the front end and drive people in and get more awareness around who you are and what you do. Now, the other more traditional way that you've probably heard before is to have a blog. Now, you know, definitely a blog can be, you know, it can be really good. I think if you If you have a website, then you have a spot to be able to put your posts and things like that. I just think that the a podcast is like an auditory blog in a way, right? I know myself personally, I prefer to listen to podcasts. That's normally where I'll go first if I'm searching for information because I like to, you know, be able to go for a walk and listen to some development versus, you know, I think the blog world is a little bit different in the sense that if people have a burning problem, they will usually go to Google and try to solve that. That's why when you look at the cost of advertising, it's actually more expensive for Google because the purchase intent, like people want to solve that problem, they will go there to try to solve that problem. So blogs can be good in that way because if people are searching for something, then you can definitely, you know, be on their radar if you're you know, depending on where your post or your blog post is ranking with those search terms. So there are a couple other things you have to keep into consideration with a blog, like the naming conventions of of your blogs and things like that, like your blog posts, because you want to be naming things what people are searching for so that your material becomes relevant and it comes up in those searches and things like that. Um, I did a blog uh, maybe like five years ago or so and I was just writing to write, like just because I like to write. And uh, I don't know that it was like, <laughs> it's sort of a long term play, right? I don't know that it's like, 
getting out to a bunch of people who don't know you and all of a sudden you're going to have a flood of traffic. I don't think so. I think that is more a long-term play. And if you, like, I think the asset is an email list that you can then send people a link to your blog post or to your podcast episode. Like the thing that needs to come at the top of that is driving people to your email list. And then you have that constant pulse in communication with them. Some of the other ways would be you could also do a YouTube channel. Now, YouTube is the second largest search engine after Google. So it's sort of a similar uh, learning curve in the sense of what are you titling things and are people searching that? You know, because as soon as you create a YouTube video, it's not that people are just, you know, you're going to have a whole bunch, like millions and millions of views because you created a YouTube video. It's more so are you answering the questions that people are actually asking? And again, if you have an email list and you can send out links to those videos that you have been creating and producing. So I think that's a solid way to go about it as well. Now, some people might use Pinterest. Like again, Pinterest is sort of that long-term game. For me, I've always thought about what's the least amount of effort and the fastest results. And where I've always found that to be most helpful to get the most eyeballs is to use an ad platform like Facebook or Instagram to get those eyeballs there. But I think that if you are somebody that's, you know, hates feeling awkward, hates like cold messaging people and DMing people, it is because it is awkward. <laughs> like there's no doubt about that. Or you hate feeling like you're always pitching something. What you have to do is turn that compass a bit and you have to start to focus on instead of, uh, you know, asking yourself the question like, oh, how can I sell more of this? How can you solve more problems? And how can you give more value to your audience? Because the more that you're giving value to your audience, the more that they're going to look to you for solutions. And they're actually going to, you know, tell you more about what they need and how you can help them. And all those questions get answered authentically when you start showing up with the intention of providing solutions and providing value to your audience. So if you hate selling shit, this is definitely the way to go and to start thinking about what can I do to give back to my audience so that they feel that, you know, I'm there to help. I'm there to serve them. So I really hope today's episode was helpful for you and that you learned a lot, took lots of notes and you're feeling super inspired to go out there and, uh, and serve the people that love you. So thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you next time on Social Selling Simplified. Thanks for taking the time to level up today. If you're ready to commit to personal and professional growth, move forward, make money and grow your health and fitness business, head to my free community on Facebook, Business Bootcamp for Fitness Coaches, so I can support you every step along the way. Thank you so much for tuning in today and we'll see you right back here next week on Social Selling Simplified.